Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Grab your popcorn, everyone, and silence those devices because we are back in the Nao movies talking about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And now, first things first, let me introduce myself. I have been compared to a monkey with a voice box many times. <laughs> and it is me, Felipe. And I am not alone. I am here, as always, with the titular Naomi. Naomi, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, Nicole Kidman said movies are back, and so movies are back. Um, I got to experience that little snippet for the first time. Uh, I went to an AMC, and boy, howdy, is that the worst bit of movie content I've seen in a long time. But Felipe, I'm thrilled to be here. What movie did you see? I saw Come On, Come On, because uh, it was only playing at AMC. I am a regal uh, oh, bitch, so. This has been a great episode of the movies, everyone. This was a betrayal. Well, the regal is next to me. Like, what can okay. I do? And they had a good Black Friday sale on their um, Regal Unlimited, so I got mm. it. Now I was just waiting for Movie Pass to come back. Damn, rip Movie Pass. Shout out to yeah. Maddie G. Me and Maddie G pulling out our Movie Passes at the bar. That was really fun. I keep it, it in my wallet, fun. just in case. <laughs> but we are not alone. She's the titular and credit on the What You Doing podcast, and she loves Baby Brent like no other. It is Navi. Navi, how are you doing? Oh yes, Baby Brent is my husband. I can't wait <laughs> to talk about this movie, which is probably Josh Martinez's favorite movie of all time. Your meatballs. Oh my god. Are we Josh fans now? For someone who hasn't watched the challenge but listens to the podcast, I think we're Josh fans. Wait, you watch oh, you, you don't watch the challenge, but you do listen. To I, the I watch the challenge All Stars, which by the way I'm behind. But no, the challenge is like 500 hours, and I don't have the time or the energy to put up with all the bullshit twists and like this toxic personalities. That I guess I can't really read you because this was like me during Big Brother. Like I would just give up and only listen to the podcast to recap what happens in the episode. I just can't with like MTV and their like hypocrisy. And like mm. their shenanigans, um, like protecting the white people time and time again, and just like, yeah. Well, this we, just goes to show that we shall be Team Josh. 
Don't at me. I'm Team Josh. Yeah, I mean, I've been Team Josh for like a while now. Even when people hated him, I'm like, hey, at least he's entertaining. Yeah, I mean, facts are facts. He was the first Latino winner of Big Brother, and that meant a lot to me. So facts are facts, America. Facts are facts, America. Oh my god, I love Monique Cart. Like Brown House Stunning, Bop of all Bops. Here's here's my hot take. Monique Cart should have won All Stars. Ooh, ooh, America. Can you imagine? I need to get somebody talking about uh, Drag Race on on Mike White was robbed. I think I'll do it. <laughs> Me, Maggie, Nicole Horn, let's mm. do it. Great panel, Felipe. Yes. We got to. How do the chance of meatballs? Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say we got to February. We got to do a one year oral history of the podcast that you lost. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> um, yes, but Claudia with the chance of meatballs. So Navi, first things first. Why'd you pick this movie? Like, do you remember seeing it in theaters? And this is a question for Naomi as well. Or like, why this movie? Uh, well, I currently only have Netflix as my streaming service of choice because there's too many. And so I picked Wait, a bunch of kids' how movies. Watch Disney, uh, how do you watch Phineas and Ferb for the podcast? I have my ways. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just picked a bunch of, like, kids' movies that interested me and I, I think would be fun things to discuss. And I sent the list to you, and then you forwarded that list to Naomi. And then Naomi picked between uh, uh, Cloud with the Chance of Meatballs and Rango and I'm like well I mean I don't know if I have the mental capacity for Rango right now so I'm like sure Cloud with the Chance of Meatballs and that was why I chose this movie yeah. that and I was also a big fan of the book which is very different but it's it is very different mm -hmm. yeah I mean to to what Navi just said like I the book was like a very big part of like books that I read as a kid. I had um, to reread it before this podcast, but I didn't. Um, and I, I also meant to reread it, but I didn't get to it. But I love the book so much. And I, I remember it was a movie that came out. So it came out in like 2009. Mm -hmm. And so I was a freshman in high school. So I didn't see it in theaters. I was just too old for it. But I was like, huh, like, is that... I, I was thinking that it was going to be sort of like a... Um, uh, what's the word like it was just going to be a total disappointment to the idea of Claudia with the chance of meatballs I thought it was just like blasphemous to like put that into a weird little kids cartoon movie um, and so when Navi pitched the list I was like you know what let's give this movie a chance either it's terrible or it's better than I thought it was going to be um, and we'll find out what I think about it in a little bit oh see I was going to be like what is it but we don't have to get spoilers um <laughs> I keep the viewers interested, believe me. Like I saw this on an airplane many years ago. I've also seen the second one on an airplane. And I remember more of the second one. Like I also thought some of the gags in this one would have been in the second one because there was like one, uh, there's a leak in the boat, and then it was just like a leak. <laughs> um, like a the vegetable. Um, and I thought that was in this movie. No, that's in the second movie. Um, but a lot of the food puns were kind of hitting me. Uh and I, I think if I, I remember liking the second one more, and I think I still do, but this was a lot of fun to go back to. Like, spoiler alert, this is not the worst movie, and it's not close. Mm. Like, this is, like, maybe this is probably the best written movie. I might say that. It, uh, but it's not my most enjoyed. But I, this is definitely tippity-top of the movies we've consumed so far. Mm-hmm. But it's not hard when you have Stuart Little and James and the Giant Peach. 
<laughs> yeah, and it, speaking on the writing, it is written and directed by Lord and Miller, who also did the Jump Street movies as well as the Isn't Lego movies. Spider Verse. Yeah, and into the Spider Verse as yeah. well. So it, there's like a certain like aspect of pedigree to this that you don't get with like a lot of other kids movies so i think that adds to the experience imo this came out mm-hmm. in 2009 why did i feel like it was 2013 i it think will... the sequel came out around that time didn't it maybe it, it feels very it feels very uh i don't want to say very modern but like the animation looks really nice without being really garish it uh it has a lot of like fun elements also like bill haters in it and andy samberg and like Obviously, they were big at this point in time, but like I feel like they're almost even bigger now, and so it's like kind of a funny. I think the way that you know that this movie is made in two thousand nine is that Anna Ferris is the voice of Sam. Spartan. I was like, who is this? I recognize the voice, but I took me like I was like, is this Reese Witherspoon? Is it other people? I was like, no. And then at the end, it's like Anna Ferris. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And Mr. T's in it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Dude, Neil Patrick Harris is the voice of Steve the Monkey. My king. Um, <laughs> yeah, Benjamin Bratton. This cast is like big. Will Forte is in it in the background character. Lauren Graham's in it? Oh. That's... As the mom. Yeah. I mean, James Conn is the, as the disapproving father, which James Conn is so good at. If you don't remember, James Conn is the dad from Elf and he is the dad from Step Brothers. Um, fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, well, like so much. In the Godfather, am I? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's one, okay. Of the, he's one of the brothers. Okay. He, uh, the dad. I feel like it's such like a stereotypical dad look in cartoon movies. It's like with the bushy eyebrows, like covering the eyes. But it looks so cute. Navi, are you saying he's a daddy? No, I'm just saying he looks <laughs> adorable. Oh, okay. Steve was the most adorable to me. Mm. Oh, those gummy bears hilarious but we'll get into the plot um so uh flip we start off flip lockwood he's a child he's a tiny inventor and he's like we need to get down to the bottom of the biggest crisis uh affecting our community untie shoelaces so he does a spray on shoe and he gets bullied because they won't come off and then he goes and cries and his mom is like listen you're my little inventor and she gives him a lab coat now, uh, spray shoes sounds like my biggest nightmare. I don't know about y'all. Like, the fact that it stays on forever, that would stress me out. I think that's your specific nightmare. Yes. Yeah. My big thing is, is that did he just have the spray-on shoes on his feet, like, his entire life from this point forward? Like, did they just grow <laughs> with his feet? I, I That's what I was wondering. I believe so, because, like, he has them for the rest of the movie. Yeah, that was particularly, that was honestly the most troubling aspect of it is that they seemingly never uh, never left his feet, which is troubling in many, many ways. How did they grow? He should have like stunted feet. You know how like in some cultures they like fuck up women's feet to like fit them into tiny shoes? Like that feels like that's what should have happened to him. Yeah. It... I don't know, like, it was stressful, like, just the whole concept, like, also, like, you can't take your muddy shoes off in your bed, like, ugh, that grosses me out. (laughs) 
again, Felipe, this is specifically your nightmare. This is what I'm saying. This is like the ultimate like wombo combo of things you don't want going on. Um, but yeah, so that's that's him, and uh, he was adorable as a little inventor. Also, like throughout the whole movie, all I got from Flint Lockwood was like token Gene Stephen Fishback. <laughs> he does have that energy, doesn't he? Yes. Oh my god, not this. <laughs> um, but he ends up continuing his inventions. He makes a remote TV that like crawls away. Uh, he makes bird rats, which also sounds like a nightmare, um, especially for those New Yorkers, like pigeon rats. Oh yeah, if okay, like if if because, uh, like rats in New York are like a different breed. Like they've done like genetic testing, and they're like even like more crazy than regular rats. Um, if those rats could also fly, the the subway system would have to shut down because it could no longer function. Because if you could have a rat, like I've seen rats like jump off of platforms or scurry on platforms, but if a rat could like come from the system and fly up onto the platform, like, New York City would just shut down, and we'd become, oh like, God. a cars-only city. I don't want like to go to New York anymore. <laughs> yeah, now he's like, I'm going to stay in Finnipeg, where we have the hoochie vet, and that's it. Yeah. Now, are you well, aware of the hoochie vet? Uh, I, I am not, unfortunately. It's a great um, story. It was the Chappelle episode, I believe, of Phineas and Fur, but um, the TLDR, and then Navi can add any details, but... Um, there was a hoochie vet in Winnipeg, in fake Winnipeg, uh, and in the community Facebook group, she was run out of town because everyone knew that she had a cocaine addiction. And what else did she have, Navi? Well, she just, like, stopped working and just went on a week-long bender, and, like, no one can access her at all. And they're like, we still need our, like, pet forms and, like, files and stuff. And even to this day, people still can't access those files anymore. Oh, my God. They're just, like, lost, so... <laughs> Yeah, she's a figure of the Wichiduin uh, sphere. But yeah, that was a, a fun story. But uh, thank God no Hoochie Vets were in this movie because Steve needs to be protected at all costs. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's another thing. Steve the monkey, uh, who uh, Flint put a voice box on, basically. Um, and he creates a new invention as an adult, which is a food machine maker via like water particles and he's gonna make a cheeseburger um but it doesn't work completely and then his dad is like you should go into the sardine business with me um and this is where we find out that his mom died 10 years ago and that uh his dad and his relationship is a little strained because his mom was like a supporter of Flynn's science background so yeah this is like a big expo dump scene um because we also like later find out more about the world that they live in yeah, I was going to say that, uh, so Felipe, you had said that this movie is really well written. I couldn't agree more. I think that they set up a lot of really fun stuff in the beginning, like all the details about the town, that it's under the A, in the Atlantic, on a map, um, things like that they're known for um, all these uh, sardines and things like that. Um, and all of that just comes right back into play as we go further down the line in the movie, like what I love about this movie is that not a second of screen time is wasted. Like everything will come back and you'll hear more about it at another point in the movie. Um, also, I just genuinely enjoyed all of the jokes in this movie. I didn't really find any one joke uh, in particular to be like, oh, that's like for kids. I don't think that's fine. You know, like, or like minion style, like banana. You're like, How dare okay, you? banana. I'm I sorry, Felipe. <laughs> I, I respectfully. 
And I saw Despicable Me in theaters. Fuck the Minions. <gasps> the Minions would have been on Hitler's side and everybody knows it. No, they would not. They, they, they gravitate towards evil when it's at its most because powerful. Gru is not, he's like chaotic good in the end. No, but what, when does he start the movie as? What does he start the movie as? Chaotic good, he just doesn't know it. Mm. The Minions would have been on Hitler's side. I disagree with that take. I think the Minions would have been I'm gonna. I'm, I'm genuinely, when we're done with this podcast, going to find some sources to cite about why this would be true. This hurts my feelings. Um, but like, even like small details, like Steve throughout the movie is like, I like gummy bears, and then the gummy bears attack at the end. And like Flint is like, oh, but you go crazy around gummy bears, so I'm not gonna give you gummy bears. And then he's yeah. like, gummy bear, Chekhov's gummy bears. Yeah, shout out to Nicole Horn who said that she would like some gummy bears to fall out of the sky. <laughs> Navi, um, what, Navi, what's your favorite? What is your ideal food to fall out of the sky? I mean, as a kid, it would probably be like some sort of candy, um, probably gummy worms. I was a big gummy worm kid. As an adult, I'm like, I don't want anything messy. I don't want anything that will like spoil right away, like no cakes, no nothing. I want like something that I can actually, uh, you know, like retrieve and like actually use and uh, not have it be fucking disgusting when it hits the ground. That <laughs> about you. I am thinking about this and I think I would want quesadillas. Like, ooh. Yeah. What about you, Naomi? I know I really liked the ice cream falling out of the sky, but like, oh, but it would get so sticky. It would get so dirty and so sticky. Yeah, that's why I pick quesadillas because it's like, okay, if it lands on your plate, it's good. And then like, if you miss, okay, whatever. But like, I feel like it's something that can't get you know big mess like spaghetti. I would, I would want like it's like, over. Yes, too messy. I would want like, like cookies or brownies to rain out of the sky. I feel like that would be yeah. ideal for me. That would be mm. solid. Also, that snowball fight scene was like stressful because like they were just hitting it into like people's homes, and I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna oh be my so god, cool. we'll get there. That man was like that was harassing vicious. children. That that man caused brain trauma to one child. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you did. cut out for a second. Can you repeat that? That that man caused brain trauma to a child. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I believe so, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we we. This is a big exploration of the world. So we find out that this is an island in the uh, under the A of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, the mom passed away 10 years ago. Uh, we find out who Baby Brent is. And he was the sardine. Like, he was like the Gerber baby for the, the island sardine company. Um, and he grew up and he never aged. And he's a douchebag. Um, and we hate him. And then the mayor is like very much like, oh, we need tourism. We need publicity because our sardine business is getting low. Because, I mean, when you take all the resources in a location, then you deplete the resources. Well, I thought they said that nobody nobody likes to eat sardines. Oh, that too. But yeah. Which is funny because um, Danny really likes sardines. Um, Daniel? I don't think I've ever had a sardine. I think that's a white person thing. <laughs> I, could, I could buy it. <laughs> I don't think I've had a sardine either are they the same thing as anchovies which i don't think i've ever had because my dad would always like see like should we get anchovies on a piece i'm like ew because more of like pop culture i feel like than anything like there are some foods like that where like i say i don't like them i probably never tried them yeah i i feel like a lot of people don't like brussels sprouts or don't like broccoli but actually i love broccoli brussels sprouts are delicious and like when when you prepare them correctly like invite me Anybody is welcome to invite me over, and I will prepare vegetables for you 
um, and make them actually taste good. Yeah. Naomi's saying she can cook like Remy the Rat. My mom literally just said to me earlier, she was like, oh, you can become a line cook. And I was like, and how get a cocaine habit? No, thanks. <laughs> now your mom reading you like that. <laughs> I think it was just because I was making like a bunch of eggs at once. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that then- I to touch on real quick. So uh, Swallow Falls is like the name of this island's town, right? Yeah. So this is, is it part of the United States? And if so, which state is it a part of? Why is it not getting the government grants or funding that it needs to survive? Seeing as is it how more it's of a territory, country? like a U.S. territory? Oh, like Guam. Yeah, I could see that actually. For hashtag free swallow, swallow falls. falls. Some vote for the president. Uh, what else can Guamians not do? Naomi, you're a, you're an expert in all things Amazing Race. They went to Guam one season. What can they not do? Well, is, if Guam is a U.S. territory, yeah, uh, dude, I don't fucking know. I don't have like a fucking. <laughs> I believe that's where uh, your your boys Oswald and Danny chased uh, Phil in the muddiness. Oh, that's they they were covered in coal. That was really yeah. funny. I love the I episode where they were like uh, the Teletubbies, like they call Charlotte and Mirna the Teletubbies. <laughs> they also like they. I think they like talk about how Charlotte and Mirna are like talking to a hooker. It's really funny. I I just watched The Amazing Race two, and I'm almost done with The Amazing Race three. And like, I, I honestly, oh, Zach. early early Amazing Race slaps. I love it. We love it. Yeah, I feel like Amazing Race is very much a show that like the first fifteen seasons, like there are very few duds, but then the second mm-hmm. half, there's like so many duds and like very few gems. Well, also like with The Amazing Race. Um, now there there are some things that like we would argue are like uh, absurd game mechanics like in the first season um one of the teams gets like 24 hours behind in the finale so there's literally no way that they can win and they start to figure those out more and more but then you get like really interesting stuff like one one team just misses a flight and like then they're sent to last and like that's just how it is um whereas now it really feels just like you know do a task do a task and then like like, people get really lost. People get really fucked up. They put diesel in the car when they should have put unleaded, shit like that. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that uh, Danny and uh, – look, I made my list. Danny and Oswald, Charlotte and Myrna are the best two Amazing Race teams. Uh, end of list. Don't I think the Globetrotters me. is, like, the third. Like, that's I, I do I'm love doing. the Globetrotters. I also love <laughs> – I, I feel so bad that one episode where they get, like, completely fucked over in an airport. Anyways, yeah. uh, I love the Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I need to round up like my top five. Uh, like, okay, they were toxic, but Colin and Christy were fascinating television. Oh, I can't wait to get to that season. Have I, you never uh, seen it? No, I've never seen. It. I mean, I've seen like so pretty and made a wonderful, uh, helpful guide before the returning uh, season. Yeah. Of, oh, um, so you Mirna. haven't even seen the best Charlie and Mirna content. So you've Maybe. seen All Stars, but you haven't seen five. Maybe I have seen five because I think I have seen both seasons with Charlie and Mirna. I'll have to go back and watch it again just for fun. I mean, I've seen <laughs> yeah. all the highlights of Colin and Christy. Yeah. Um, They're psychotic, but so good. They are, yeah. You know who I always loved? I always loved Kent and Vixen. Like, yeah. they were such weirdos. And I can't believe they made it as far as they did. Um, I, obviously, Mike and Mel. Mm-hmm. We, we have to stand. Uh, I also, like, I always was a big Keisha and Jen fan. And, like, I don't know. They just, like, make me happy. And mm-hmm. obviously, and like obviously, there was like this uncomfortable moment between like Luke and Jen in one 
season, but I also really like Luke and Margie. Oh yeah, you know what? Luke and Margie, I think, is up there for me. They're 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 the team that I like. Listen, Luke, one of my all-time reality TV crushes. <laughs> um, the, not the irony of you saying "listen," um, no, was, Naomi. <laughs> Navi, <not, not, laughs> what about you? Uh, I've always been a big Brooke and Claire fan. I don't oh. know why. I just love them so much. I love yes, that they also came up on the panel. I this is came up because uh, we were talking about the shopping channel, and now he was like, one of my favorite teams is Brooke and Claire, and they work at the shopping channel. Yeah. Yeah. They should have uh, won, but you know, whatever. I do like Nat and Cap, but not as much as Brooke and Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like that one team on the first Brendan and Rachel season, uh, the Border Patrol people who were like, two women who were like border patrol who were pretending to be teachers and then Art and JJ were like we know you're police officers and they're like no listen I to like everyone the- oh they were yeah but they were Art and JJ well no the Art and JJ Art and JJ were the border patrol agents and then yeah. I forget what their names were but they were uh, like, Mary and Jamie they were like yeah. FBI officers yeah. oh right yeah uh, they seem very friendly like even though ACAB I feel like they do seem very friendly yeah um, like in their last race they're like we just want to look at the elephants it's yeah. okay that we're in last place I'm like I vibe with that so hard yeah uh, y'all can miss me with Mark, Mark and Bopper especially Mark uh, no especially Bopper oh, yeah, Bopper they... annoyed me the fuck yeah when I watched that season I was like respectfully oh man when when they lose uh, all stars in the first like you know when they when is it yeah. what's her name and Mallory? Um, yeah, Mallory like forgets the bags. I was like, hell yeah, I don't have to watch either of these two on my screen. Yeah, um, yeah, Mallory was just a sabotage for our happiness. <laughs> um, yeah, no, who else do I like? I'm trying to think of one more. Oh, Kim and Allie. I loved Kim and Allie from like recent seasons, and I was I think it was like a crime against humanity that they weren't they haven't been back. Have you seen that season, Naomi? Twenty five. I've seen I've seen every modern season, but I don't know who that is. Kim and Ellie were the bicycle girls. They were the cyclists, and then they uh, like Amy and Maya season, the season with Bethany Hamilton. Oh, that was one of the. Oh, you know what? That was one of the ones I watched like early pandemic on, so I don't remember any of it. Okay, Um, yeah, they were the cyclist girls, and they were like hilarious, um, and I loved them. Maybe um, I have to watch Amazing Race 25 all over again. God damn. Yeah. Also, I think the best modern season is honestly 29. Like, Scott and Brooke, we love them. Oh, yeah. What a mess of a team. All right. Felipe. Okay. Uh, Back to Cloudy <laughs> with a chance of meatballs. Well, uh, okay. Here's, here's my big question to the group. Um, I remember the book very fondly. And one of the things that I was hesitant about when, So you had never seen this movie, right? Just never seen this movie. Yeah. Never at all. Um, one of the things that I was hesitant about was the idea that the animation was like super sort of goofy, cartoony. Um, and and to me, I was thinking that like part of the beauty of the books is that everything looks so normal and so realistic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not cartoony, I think specifically to sort of show like how crazy it is of what's going on. And so I was thinking that like the cartoonishness of this animation style would take away from the movie. I don't think it necessarily did, but I'm wondering if you guys uh, think that everything being a little over-exaggerated, like takes away from the, the like core premise of like, what if like shit just got fucked up and it started raining food? Navi, well, do you want to take this the, first? Well, in the book, like they don't really explain necessarily how the food drops. It just kind of drops. Whereas this, it kind of gives you, Oh, here's how it all happened, you know? So 
I think it fits that more like because they focused on that specific uh, aspect mm -hmm. of this concept. I think it works well because it's just an inherently more goofier uh, uh, way of going about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so do either of you recall like the book, like can summarize the book real quickly? Because I don't remember much about the book besides obviously like the spaghetti and the meatballs were raining down. Um, I read it when I was like five, but um, if you let me have, like, let me pull up a, a let me pull it up. But you you talk about what you think about the animation, and I'll pull up the. Details. I think the animation like was really good, and like it, some animation does not hold up. This I feel like still works. Like this could have been a twenty twenty one movie. Yeah, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I like even some of the coloring and like the like small details. I feel like really worked with the animation. Um, well, I think yeah. it helps that it, they kept the character designs pretty simple too. True. Yeah. Um, should we Should we keep going through the plot while Naomi pulls that up? Well, I've I've got it. So okay. uh, basically, um, it's a bedtime story chronicling the lives of the citizens in an imaginary town called Chew and Swallow. Um, it always falls. It always rains. Well, it's just called Chew and Swallow in the book. Yeah. Um, it always rain. It comes three times a day of breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the food weather. Um, they have like a food sanitation department, um, but they don't have any malls or grocery stores. But they also, um, basically, the weather takes a turn for the worse, and then people realize they weren't as happy as they thought. Um, there's a hurricane of bread rolls, colossal pancakes, a pea soup fog, as uh, I remember very vividly. And then um, the sanitation department gives up because it is too hard to clean up all the food. Um, and they decide to abandon the town. They build boats out of stale bread um, and they set sail to find a new home. Um, and then they find a new place where they build uh, houses out of bread and they get real rain and they go to real shopping malls and real grocery stores um and then in the end uh oh yeah and nobody ever got hit by a hamburger again um then the book ends and they wake up on a snowy day and they imagine the sun rising over a mound of snow or mashed potatoes and a pat of butter um i always loved this book Great book. So, so it, you know, it's it's kind of like the Princess Bride, where it's technically like a story being told by a grandma. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, question: Was this also the book that brought us uh the Spaghetti Mountain song? Like, no, that song's been around forever, Felipe. Okay. <laughs> Listen. I, I, there's, I didn't hear white culture. There's a version of that that's on Barney that I remember very vividly. Oh, some of the Barney songs they slapped. Uh. The man was aching drum. Uh, what about? Sorry, I am definitely gonna watch the Barney documentary when they come out with that. Is Jacob gonna be in it? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so because they wanted talented people. No, I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> my god, that wasn't the read I was expecting. But... Um, no, uh, I they should invite me though because I was a PBS kid, I was on all the PBS commercials. The, so so they, you're saying they should invite you now to just be on the Barney documentary and, and yeah, say just what? Yeah, be like, yeah, I grew up on Barney and I was a PBS kid. Like, there are commercials out there in the universe with me holding up a GBH or a PBS sign being like, PBS, GBH. Yeah, but like, that doesn't just qualify you to be in a documentary. Please, I could recite the Barney soundtrack. No, they should put me in, they should save me for the Elmo documentary. 
That's fair. Um, or the Winnie the Pooh documentary. They but should like put you on the float at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> Felipe, that's not it. Did, did you um? Did you see the Baby Yoda float? No, I don't watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Listen, the Baby Yoda float looked like a little bug, or a big bug, I guess, because it was a float. Whatever. Anyways, um, speaking of floating, and uh, the Sam and Manny take a boat across to Swallow Falls because she's an intern and they're like send the intern on this bad mission to Sardine Land. Um so uh Sophie, can you name the the actor slash real newscaster who portrayed the voice of her boss? Al Roker. There you go. Yeah and I hated him. <laughs> Listen, the sexism jumped out of that reporter. Also was that that was a white reporter, right? In the I, movie? I don't know. He's very light skinned. I was actually thinking about that. I was like he seems very light skinned. Yeah. Uh to be voiced by Al Roker. Yeah, and he was kind of sexist. I was like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to get my dropkick award, but boy, was I tempted. Um, so, yeah, and then Flint uh, is at the sardines stacking the thing, and we get a little bit of Brent and how Brent rips off his clothes. He's like, I'm a baby, and puts his butt out. I was like, fuck you, stupid grass. Like, grow the fuck up. Um, sorry, if you can't tell, I hated Brent. Like, wow. Brent is a person name. But he's Jesus. voiced by Andy Samberg. I do love Andy Samberg. And then when I found that, I'm like, damn it, Andy, why'd you have to do this? Yeah, how dare Andy voice the villain in a movie? He's not the villain, he's just a dumbass. Wow, how like, dare Andy Samberg be a dumbass character? Yeah, the disrespect. He's the villain in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, let us be clear. Because ACAB. <laughs> um, They're all villains in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love Rosa Diaz, but she's the villain. She's the villain. And I can't. All cops are bastards. Yes. They, all of them. Um, well, so <laughs> I love that they were like they had this Morton Salt baby Brent, like um or not what is it, like uh not Morton Salt, although I've been looking at Morton Salt for a while. The Gerber baby who grew up and didn't age out of like his But also like the, the suntan lotion baby, you know, like the one that always has the butt hanging out like that's what it felt like a parody of to me and I mm-hmm. was I thought it was very funny um but also uh the <laughs> the idea of getting people back into this town by opening like a sardine themed um amusement roller park. coaster yeah was uh was a, a stretch yeah I mean capitalism but um yeah like not sardine based uh so yeah, Flint's dad is like, okay, you stay here and stack. I'm gonna go to the ceremony. He's like, okay, and then he's like, I'm gonna boot up my machine. He causes a big scene, like the he gets like the the jar where they had the like sardine that was gonna jump through the hoop of flame. Like he gets stuck in that, um, and he like destroys the entire city basically, and. Uh, then he goes and sulks on the bridge and Sam sulks too because the reporter ruined her her like gig and uh, Flint's like, oh, you're hot basically. And uh, they start talking and uh, it starts raining burgers and everyone gets happy and Flint's like, it freaking worked. I love, um, we, we skipped over the best part of this early part of the movie, which is you are my contact lens and I am my eye. And I have my eye on you. <laughs> yes, that was uh, a good line. 
Acab, but this cop was sending me. Yeah, he's like, like probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I like Cal more than the dad, but Earl was like, and his hippity hoppiness where he would like do parkour all over the place. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. You are my contact, and this is, and I am my eye. And then he puts the contacts in his eye. Um, do either of you wear contacts? Oh, yeah. I like don't even really take them out of my eyes. I'm like a terrible, terrible contact lens wearer. Um, but yeah, I've I've worn glasses my whole life, and once I switched to contact lenses, I never went back. Do you sleep with your contacts, or do you? Yeah, I sleep with them in. Naomi, that's not good for your eyes. I know, but my eyes are already pretty fucked up anyway. So, <laughs> what yeah. am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Get improve my vision? Get LASIK. <laughs> Eat carrots. Yeah, I might get LASIK. I'll think. I, I have been thinking about it. Um, my dad Eat got tons of carrots. I Felipe, here's the thing. I. <laughs> so many carrots it's not even funny i love carrots they're my favorite vegetable and literally hasn't done jack shit for me my whole life so well also that was just like a technically it's just a myth anyways but this is all to say that my eyes are only getting worse like i'm just gonna get older things are gonna get far away and harder to see so fuck it yeah also um i believe that another myth was if you eat paper your eyes will get better wasn't that a myth a childhood myth that just sounds like some kid in school wants you too. I didn't eat the paper. I was like, no, I'm not stupid. Believe that like, him eating paper was a normal thing. <laughs> I mean, he did also eat glue, so. Well. With his eyesight? I don't know. <laughs> he, maybe he thought he was going to be Spider-Man and he would be sticky. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So, the mayor capitalizes on the new food weather and he's like, more food, more food. Um, one thing he also says to, like, Baby Brent is like, you've always been a son to me or whatever. Um, and that will come back. Um, so Flint promises his dad that it won't get out of hand. Spoiler alert, it does. And then he takes Sam to the lab and she's uh, reveals that she likes jello. And he's like, Oh, what about peanut butter? And she's like, No, I'm definitely allergic. And he's like, Oh, same. Um, so uh, he shows I didn't write the whole thing down, but it's like FLDM MDRSM or something like that, like the name, the flittermism. Um, I, I was waiting. This is the one opportunity I thought we could have had something here. I was waiting for Sam to like rename it to something better, you know? Yeah. Like that was the one kind of moment where I was like, I mean, we could give Sam a victory here, but whatever. Yeah, but she's like showing off her smartness. She's like, oh, and then so the, like the precipitation combines with the molecules, or she says some sciencey shit. Um, and he's like, oh, and then she's like, wait, but it rains from the sky. Like she, she like bounces back between like being really smart and then like hiding her smartness um with like valley girl talk i guess um so uh she is he also shows her the danger valve where like it's in green right now but it could get to yellow or red um and then we see a montage of the food weather plus capitalism and how the mayor is capitalizing on it um and then it's like after the montage Earl asks uh, for Flint to make ice cream land for his son, Cal, for his birthday. And Flint's like, I don't know. And then he taps a little danger valve and it like bounces a little backwards to green. And then Steve, the monkey, taps it again after Flint leaves and it goes to yellow. But he's like, okay, I'll just do it. So then Ice Cream Wonderland happens. So Naomi, you said Flint gave a kid brain trauma. Oh, yeah. Well, because they're throwing the, okay. The way that he throws these snowballs and the animation, I thought that he was going to get, like, hated for throwing the snowballs at these people. Because he just goes into this person's home and, like, 
like truly like headshots every single one of the people in that house and like that little girl just like her eyes roll into the back of her head and she just falls over and keels over and i was like she's she's gonna fucking cte now like the the way that he just like close range hits those people in the head i was upset like what was going on um in this scene uh i'll also say this i love um i love a movie that knows exactly what uh what its characters like motivations are and this is a great movie where obviously it's pretty it's pretty obvious there right flint just wants people to be proud of him he wants his dad's approval he wants a father figure to support him and be a good inventor but what i love is that we get all these different elements like you mentioned with the baby brent like the mayor saying oh you're you're like a son to me and then uh you know the the cal what is wait what is the cop's name earl 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 working to get cal a very special birthday like we see so much of this like father-son dynamic all over the place in this movie um and it's definitely a very well constructed script and character motivation and i think this has the best uh characters out of all the movie um if that makes sense out of all the movie out of all the movies we've watched, oh, like, okay. the best like the, the characters really are are understood from the beginning. Yeah, no, definitely, and like we'll get to like my favorite piece of writing, but like um, we're not there yet. But like there, there's a snowball fight, and Navi, being Canadian, how many snowball fights have you ever been in? <laughs> uh, I think I was in once, and then I got suspended in middle school. <laughs> <for the laughs> And this is why you hide and read instead of doing activities from now on. Yeah, well, to be fair, I was peer pressured into it because everyone else was doing it too. Just like, just like Navi peer pressured me into sending the bus kid meme. Yeah, that was like sort of me enacting like revenge. Yeah. (laughs) You were the, you were the, I don't know, the, the avatar of the teacher that suspended me in middle school. I will never forgive her. Yes. Say her name. We will drag her on Twitter. No, I don't know her name. That's the thing. She's just some random teacher. I'm like, I don't know who you are. She's like, you're suspended. I'm like, okay. Are you the only one? No, a bunch of us got suspended. I, suspension is such a stupid punishment because like you're preventing kids from learning. Like there should be like another punishment. Like, yeah, especially because, like, otherwise, like, I was, like, a really good kid. I was, like, really quiet, but I would still do my work. Like, I, I, I was, like, out of people's hairs. Like, no one really worried about me, except for the one time where I'm, like, hey, I guess I'll, like, go out and, like, express myself and by throwing this fucking snowball and look at where it got me. <laughs> yeah. No. The disrespect. Um. But yeah, so uh, there's a snowball fight and uh, Sam does a news story around the world talking about like all the food and the ice cream. Um, and then Flint pulls her aside to Jello date where he makes this Jello mansion with Sam. And she, they have fun. They bounce on the Jello. Um, and then she reveals that she was a secret nerd in her like tragic anime backstory. Um, how like she like then straightened her hair and uh took off her glasses like naomi she had some issues seeing um and (laughs) yeah so they like they almost kiss um flint like how would you describe the action of like being a chipmunk with your cheeks he does that he like blowfishes i guess 
Yeah, I mean, the man has no idea what he's doing, and Sam Sparks can find someone better. Yeah. Kiss your boyfriend like that from this story. Were you inspired by this? You know what? I I watched this movie last night, and I haven't seen him because we are at separate locations for Thanksgiving, so I guess I'll have to find out um, if this is a good... I'll conduct an experiment um, when when I kiss to see if this is successful. Yes, please let us know. Yes. I'm anxiously awaiting the results. Mm. For science, of course. Ew. Ew. For science purposes. Uh, Yes. Um, But yeah, so... uh, they they, then he gets a phone call and it's like his dad because they have dinner plans so then he's like okay let me go he goes to this restaurant and it's uh steak is falling out of the sky and like these different sizes of steaks especially big ones and the dad is worried and flint's like everyone believes in me now except for you why don't you accept me basically and he storms off and i thought this was like really well done because he was like yeah and then my mom believed in me but you don't believe in me and then as he's walking home he notices the food is too big and then so he goes to the lab to analyze it and the mayor is there and emotionally manipulates the shit out of him he's like yeah you've always been a son to me i believe in you flint like that writing was like i mean it was like kind of powerful like the like way that they set it up and like immediately it paid off well also like there's such a great evilness to the mayor i mean like we know he's gonna be evil from the start but like the way that they set him up and and um poor like flint is in such a weird headspace i mean obviously i'll say this the dad is the hero of this movie um but you know he really needed a lot of time to come around to it and um you know the mayor is the mayor i guess uh i do i do have to say the mayor is relatable because if my Sky opened up and just started reading food. I would not stop eating. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he he grows a lot, and I'm like, okay, but if there's endless food coming out of the sky, it makes sense. Um, I was gonna ask you all what foods you wanted to follow this guy, but I'm like, we already did that exercise. We already did that program. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the mayor emotionally manipulates him to continue, even though he knows that it's not smart. And then, so he does it and Sam warns Flint at the next day before like the unveiling river ceremony. Um, but Flint dismisses her and is like, go back to, what did he say? Go back to reporting or whatever, which the disrespect. (laughs) Um, and then he cuts the, he cuts, he, the mayor is like, Brent, give the scissors over. (laughs) Um, I will say one of my favorite Brett moments was like, I shouldn't run with these, like these giant scissors. I shouldn't be running with these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he cuts the ribbon and then a food storm begins to happen. And the reporter, Al Roker's character is being such a dick. And I was like, fuck you. This is when I want to drop him, kick him the most. Um, but yeah, he mentioned basically... something about like scrunchies being like from like 1995. I'm like, heh. Yeah, because puts... <laughs> Sam puts her glasses back on and Flynn made her a jello scrunchie. Yeah. Um, so yeah. This would be very sticky. I would not accept that. Yeah, right? I was like, I don't have long hair, but I would not want a jello scrunchie. Are either of y'all jello people? No, I fucking hate jello. I think it's the worst fucking thing in the world. Navi, I think we've already discussed this on the gelatin episode of Phineas and Ferb. But 
Yeah, uh, I'm also, I don't go out of my way to eat Jello. Maybe if I had a sore throat, then maybe, but even then there's better options out there. Yeah, I also yeah. have to say that this movie is like, it's funny, I was I was watching this movie and I was just like, it's just like a, it's like a vegan nightmare. I was laughing to myself. I was like, bro, if you're a vegetarian watching this movie with like the steak scene or like the, like the Jello, the ice cream, like if you're somebody who doesn't, like eating uh food or doesn't like eating animals or animal products like this movie is not well, for you <laughs> question though because if it's not made of animal products and made of clouds is it is it vegan well oh. can't you just go to flint and be like hey can you make like a vegan option for me or a gluten-free option and well, he'll be like, okay i'll put this into my uh, invention thingy and then it'll fall out of the sky well, th- no, that's a fascinating point, Felipe, is that, like, if it's made out of water, right, if it's, yeah. if it's strictly coming from water, and therefore, technically, there are no animals, it's just changing the chemical or, or like, molecular composition of it, are all the foods in Cloudy with a Chance Meatballs vegan? Yeah, it's a very so interesting get, concept. Okay, Maddie G, Jacob, if either of you are listening, yeah, please us. Feel, yeah, at us. Um. But by Beyond Meat, it's now the whatever this the or whatever it's called. It's that <laughs> Fadimerser, <laughs> yeah, Fladimerser or something, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, maybe maybe these are like ethical sourced meat. Yeah, you just have to make sure that you don't order too much of it, or it's gonna explode your whole town, and then then you're gonna cause uh, harm to actual people, and then. All of a sudden, the sort of ethics yeah. of it, uh, you know, suddenly become very, very obvious of uh, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so then Cal, while the storm is happening, he eats so much and he gets in a food coma. Um, and <laughs> Manny reveals himself as a doctor. And Benjamin Brett was hilarious in this role. He was like, I am a doctor. Um, Bro, I thought he- that kid died. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> he's dead. Not not Cal die. Cal was so funny. Uh, was, but yes, yeah, so- like ow, and, and Earl is screaming like my bud, my son, and I was like, oh my god, the kid died. Naomi, <laughs> sorry, it was just I was watching it's this a like, kids movie. I was like, I had like one hard seltzer. I was like, you know, just off my rocker, I guess. Damn, you're so old. One hard seltzer will do it for you now. That look, that's just money saving, you know. Like, if one hard seltzer can can help me, can help you know, mom have fun, then it's all good. Come on, mom. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, Flint then goes runs upstairs uh, to the lab. Can we also talk about the fact that like his elevator is in a pooper? <laughs> it's like an outhouse. I'm like, why? The nastiness. Uh yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's, a, it's a gross choice. Yeah, but he tries to do the kill code, but the mayor, because he's this capitalist monster, is like, "How dare you!" And he throws what I would describe as a plunger. I don't know what he threw. He threw something at the tower right as Flint was like putting the kill code, and so it was running through the system in the tube, and then it like got destroyed before it like hit the I, tube. Oh, I thought he threw a hot dog. Oh, that might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like plunger. <laughs> I mean, look, you got to have good toilets for this town, as we've seen, <laughs> like, that they, everybody's taking um, very healthy movements. <laughs> Not this. Uh, but anyways, so uh, 
Flint is like, oh no, so then, uh, the storm happens and dad sees the lab coat on the telephone wires and he walks to the lab and he sees Flint in the trash can. He's like, I am trash. I'm trash and I'm trash. And I was like, relatable. Like I'm Forky. <laughs> like I am trash. <laughs> um, so the dad is like, no, here's your coat. I'm going to give you a pep talk because you're smart. You can solve this. Um, and Naomi, what did you think of this scene? Cause like, like you said, the dad is the hero. Um, it, of, of, wait, are we already at the end? Wait, what's No, this is the scene where he gives the lab coat to uh, his son. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was cute. I mean, I can't, my, my mom watched this movie with me, and um, I can't believe that, like, this movie took so long and had so many emotional beats like this, but it was, it was fun. I, I mean, I really like the dad character a lot. He's my favorite character, I think, in the movie. So, mm-hmm. um, this was cute. I like all yeah. the little fisherman sayings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't get fish puns or whatever he was saying. It was really cute. Yeah. And then he was like, no. I didn't but do the- fishing metaphors. That was the line. Yeah. But then the dad gave like a sciencey metaphor. Like you, you're the one who deserves to wear this coat. You're the only one who can wear this coat or whatever, basically. Um, yeah. The dad was such a star. Like I am obsessed with him. Um Although he does look like a Republican, I'll say that. I would say this. I would say. Would say that again, Navi. I was about to say, don't judge a book by its cover. Who knows? And then I was going to say, I think all cartoon dads look like Republicans, technically. <laughs> is Mr. Krabs? Does he look like a Republican? Yes, I mean, first of all, clearly Mr. Krabs is a Republican. Like, no question about it. But then <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> Uh, Eugene. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, Flint has a plan, and Earl supports it, and he's like, "You got this, Flint Lockwood." Um. So Flint, Sam, Steve, Manny are all like, "I'll go," and Manny's like, "I am a pilot. I I uh, do this as a side gig." I'm like, "Come on, like, going to the film industry for a side gig, um, when you're a whole ass doctor and engineer." But and then Brent. Forces his way onto the boat, onto the, the ship. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, you stupid ass. Um, they fly into the storm, but then they notice that there's sentient food. Um, and the sentient food starts to attack them, like the pizza. And Flint's like, as long as I don't lose the kill code. And then the USB flies out the window. Um, so <laughs> he calls his dad. He's asking for help um, and asks him to email a new one. And the dad's like, okay, but what do I do? Like, what's an email? Like, what, how do I, what are these screens? Like, he doesn't really know what to do. Oh, this is the, this was, I, I don't know what your, I mean, you, I think you'd mentioned what your favorite, uh, part of writing, but it, in the movie, this was the funniest part of writing to me. Cause it was just like, if I asked my parents to email me like a document, I feel like they would not be able to. Go upstairs and ask them after this podcast. That's another experiment for science. You gotta you gotta kiss Danny like a blowfish, and then you have to ask your parents to ugh, email you ugh. a document. I I never want that to be spoken of again. That's such an <laughs> awful phrase. <laughs> Hootie Hootie and the Blowfish. Do you even name one Hootie and the Blowfish song, Felipe? Wagon Wheel. That's that's a cover. There there we go, Navi. Thank you. Come on, Navi. What was that band that you had to tell me about, like the seventies band that you really loved? I don't remember. Me or Navi? You, Naomi. 
I love a lot of seventies band. You're gonna have to be more specific. I don't remember the name. That's the reason. But you were like, "How have you never heard of this?" Oh, there's, there's probably so many of them you've never yeah. heard of. No, like, I'm like, good with music. Please, you you don't even know a Hootie and the Blowfish song. Get out of here, man. <laughs> Wagon Wheel. That's not. It's a cover. I love the fact that Darius Rucker is like, I'm gonna go country. Yeah, and he fucking slaps. Um, but yeah, so the uh, Flint then says that he loves his dad. Um, oh no, I skipped ahead. I'm sorry, a little bit. Um, so Flint and Sam are like, okay, we have to go in to the eye of the storm because it is a food storm. And then they're like, okay, we'll jump in and we'll go get it. And then dumbass Brent is like, I want to be included. So he goes after them despite the fact that like you stay here. He knocks them off course with his dumbassness. And now they have to like go through more obstacles. This ugh, this man, this white man thinking he's important. This is why student people need to stay in school, kids. Otherwise you end up like Brent. <laughs> you you end up ass deep in a chicken carcass. Yep. Um so then they go and they have to like traverse the the French fry volcano land and this is where Flint is on the phone with his dad. He's like, I love you, Dad, and Dad is like, I think I sent the file to you. And we find out later that he almost did. Um but there's food op- obstacles, including these chickens that start to fight them. And one of the chickens eats Brent. And I was like, yes. Although I remembered how the movie ended. So I was like, no. But I was so excited when the chicken ate Brent. Honestly, I was like thriving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he then like fights his way out of the chicken and becomes like a chicken man of sorts. Like he pops his head out of the chicken and like takes over the body, which I don't understand how that works, but okay. Um, and then they're like, okay, but we have to go. And Sam's like, oh, I will lower you through the peanut brittle because Flint's like, actually, I'm not allergic to peanut butter. Um, so he takes a licorice rope and goes down. And then Sam gets a splinter and starts having anaphylactic shock. And Flint cuts himself off the licorice thing and falls down. Um, and Brent has to take Sam up to get uh, a shot from Manny. Um, so Flint jumps. Anything you want to talk about from the scene so uh, far? Man- Manny is just an icon um, and re- really shows the, the struggle of people who come to this country and how disrespected they are. Um, and, uh, you know, justice for Manny. And shout out to the, the country of Guatemala, like Andrea, our, my friend, uh, Naomi's friend as well, I would say. Uh, Navi, hopefully one day your friend as well. Yeah. Uh, a Guatemalan queen, and we have to shout her out. Um, because Manny is a king from her country, and he was, spoiler alert, the MVP of this movie. It's him or Steve, and Steve's only contribution was the gummy bears, so, yeah. Uh, so, speaking of Steve, the gummy bears attack the plane, and the scene that was set up earlier where Steve was asking for gummy bears to fall out of the sky, and Flint was like, no, you go crazy over gummy bears, pays off because the gummy bears attack the plane, and Steve's like, gummy bear! And he, like, rips the head off the gummy bears, and, like, yeets them off the plane and those gummy I, bears are cute i mean the gummy bears were were a vicious predator i mean this whole this whole chase sequence um i thought was really funny the way the food is like coming to life and protecting the sort of inner workings um good good writing uh and 
um just creepy uh i definitely did not want gummy bears after that scene i was kind of like you know what maybe they'll kill me <laughs> navi how do you feel about gummy bears they're fine like i i generally am more of like a chocolate person than like a gummy person but I, you know I, I i fuck with a gummy bear too i would much rather a gummy bear than a gummy worm fuck the gummy worms um should I put the song at the end, Gummy Bear, the I'm a Gummy Bear, oh, I'm a Gummy Bear? My, my mom and I were singing that song when we were watching it, actually. Oh, my God. Because they had a song of the movie that was kind of a bob. It was like Sunny Days or whatever. But uh, By Miranda Cosgrove, apparently. Uh, a queen. Come on, Miss Carly Shay. Come on, get Megan in, Parker. Come on, get in the check. Kissing You is actually a bop, though, by Miranda Cosgrove. When I'm kissing you. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I won't sing on the podcast. Because apparently I'm tone deaf, which I know I am, but someone doesn't like it when I sing. Um, so Flint ends up jamming the kill code. He uses some fishing technique to get to the thing, but then he jams the USB. Unfortunately, it's a cat video, the neon cat, which also came up on a recent uh, What You Doing podcast. But uh, this felt very like early, uh, late 2000s before early 2010s, like the cat memes. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Keyboard Cat or Neon Cat? Come on. Yeah. Navi, what's your favorite cat meme? Uh, I'm not a big cat person in general. So, like, I, I I never get it. I know the internet loves cats, but I'll say here, fuck cats. <gasps> it's Ooh, all about whoa. the Memory. Well, actually, I don't like dogs either. I'm allergic to both. They both. Okay. So what is, what is the pet of choice for you? Is it Steve? No, I'm anti-pet. I don't need one. What about Perry? No, I I don't need a I don't need a platypus in my life. What about a pet rock? As if I'm going to keep a rock around, I'm I'll probably forget about it in like two seconds. A pet plant. That takes effort too, Felipe. <laughs> I can barely take care of myself. What makes you think <laughs> I can take care of a plant? A pet book. I don't a pet think book. Those- I don't think those exist, Felipe. Hmm. Not yet. You could create the first one and be an innovative genius. Come on, Navi. Dream big. Uh, I, I'll i just stick to dreaming uh, the right amount. Okay. Not everyone Sounds needs good. to dream big. <laughs> but speaking of dreaming big, Flint is like panicking and then he like looks down and sees his sparkly shoes and he's like, oh, shit, I got it. And he takes the spray can, which he has been carrying all these years and seals the thing shut and it like self explodes so yeah so then he like falls and uh, the the jet plane takes everyone else down also we've squats of the fact that like earl was like okay everyone build a ship boat like a, a out of bread um i forgot about that part and then the mayor like forces his way onto the first one because he sucks um but yeah so Everyone's like, where's Flint as the thing, like, dissipates? And the rat birds carry Flint down, and he hugs everyone. He's like, Earl, Flint, Flint, Earl, Cal, Flint. <laughs> like, that sort of scene. Um, and then Sam, like, hugs him, but then, like, it, it, the dad is, like, staring at Flint. And then she gives, he's trying to do a fishing metaphor, and then he, like, Sam's like, oh, for God's sake. And then he puts, she puts Steve's voice box on the dad. And it's like, I love you. And 
I don't know how to say it, but I'm so proud of you, basically. And uh, just when I start speaking fishing metaphors, when this thing comes off, just know what I mean. Um, and I like that little touch. Um, I also have to say that, like, the boats being built out of bread and things like that, that was, I think, yeah. the best nod to the book. And also, like, the pancakes falling on, like, the school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, and- the breakfast being the first thing that they do. Yeah, those were the things to me that, like, felt the most like the book. But I I kind of almost wish there were more book-like elements to it. Like, it it, it felt like we were, like, kind of sort of getting a little bit of, like, the the base text, you know. But I wish there was more. I love that book. Yeah. Navi, did you feel like, as a book reader, did this, like, live up to your expectations? Yeah, like, when this is always like a thing that comes up with, uh, like, when you're adapting a book into something else, like, you know, how much of the original text should be a part of it? And how much should we adapt it? What do we want to focus on? I, I, I don't mind that it sort of deviated from the book and is more so like, very loosely based on the original text. I think it with what Lord and Miller wanted to do with the story, I think it works perfectly fine. So yeah. I, I wasn't as like, I wouldn't say Naomi sounded like she was down on it, but uh, I wasn't like missing the original sort of vibe that the book had per se. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Also, this is like a children's book IP. So like they had to like create like a lot of story. And honestly, one of my yeah. next questions after we get over this is, so I'll give you some time to think is what children's book IP should be converted into film next. Uh, for me, it's Rainbow Fish. Uh, mm. And uh, Rainbow yeah. Fish had a TV show, right? Did it? Yeah. Wow. Fuck my drag then. Um, so uh, Sam and Flint blowfish kiss at the end, and the mayor sinks because he's eating the boat. So yeah, and then we go to credits. Um, so that's cloudy with a chance of meatballs. One, everyone. Um, overall thoughts, Fram? Hmm. Well, I really like this movie. I think Felipe, you hit the nail on the head when you said that this is a really well written movie. It is it the like most absurd like am I gonna like would I have fond memories of this movie ever no uh but I did really like it and um I thought that overall uh would I watch the second one sure I'll watch the second one yeah we'll come back in a in like a few months to a year and we'll do the <laughs> second one with Navi yeah it would be down the for second that. one I liked a lot more I feel like I remember liking it because I feel like they like do a great job world building in that aspect um yeah. Uh, yeah, Navi, what about you? Final thoughts on the movie, like overall thoughts? No, I think this aged really well, even as a, like watching it as an adult, as Naomi said, like the joke still hit really hard. Like when they were all like turning and like gasping when they first see the <laughs> food falling, that was hilarious to me. Mr. T in general was very hilarious to me. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm 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 happy. I guess that uh, the movie I picked ended up being like the one you like the most so far on this. Uh, well, okay, so. I will say it is my second favorite movie, but I can concede to the fact that it's probably the best written movie and the best produced movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say. Just because like one has like nostalgia and like is very special to me, but uh, I will I can concede Short the little? fact. Yeah, yeah, James the Giant Peach. Oh, fuck those two. <laughs> fuck the both of them. Uh, no, the Simpsons movie. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, should we should we get into our segmentarinos? Well, I have a very special um, oh, Roger Ebert's review. No, oh, I should pull up Roger Ebert's review. No, I have a very special um, clip 
And uh, so I asked my mom at the end of the movie what she thought of it, and I recorded her. Um, oh. So I'll send you the audio of this so you can actually put the audio in, but I'm going to just play it from my phone and see if you guys can't hear it. Um, it's only like a minute. Mom, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to record it. Can you hear that? Okay. For the podcast. Yeah. Mom, what are your thoughts on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? As someone who probably read me this book a lot as a kid. Well, I really thought the book was quite clever. But I felt the movie was too long. And one big... Too long? You weren't even here for half of it. One big, long chase scene, <laughs> like the Tarzan movie or the Stampede and the Lion King. So how do you like your movies to end? How? Like, if, if you don't like the climax, what do you want? I prefer a rom-com. <laughs> okay, okay. Did you think that it was funny? Parts of it were humorous and clever. What made you laugh the most? I don't remember. And when you think about the book, what what is the most iconic like food imagery? You know, like the the the, the drawings that are from the book. I vaguely remember pancakes in the book. Yeah. Well, they did the pancakes covering the school, which I believe is in the book. And the boy doesn't look anything like his father. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And all their body types are weird. Tiny legs and giant bodies. So do you think that all animation should resemble the exact human form? His dad looks like a cone head with a square nose. <laughs> and a caterpillar on his eyebrows. And his nose is way too big. And how is he going to kiss that girl? <laughs> okay. Can't even get close to her with that schnoz. <laughs> okay. And that's the end, folks. Yeah, I will say the climax probably was. I'm with your mom, and that the the part where he like goes into the thing to try and stop it was probably like the worst part of the movie because it was just like an action scene, I guess, which is fine. But like you see it in other kids' movies too, and I was kind of hoping they would go a bit more different with it. But yeah. I'm just great, glad great. we got the first ever Naomi's mom yeah. exclusive on this podcast. Yeah, I've been, you know, every day I'm like, oh, I got to do this for a podcast. I got to do this for a podcast. And she's like, what do you podcast about? And I'm like, it's tough to explain. But uh, last night we watched Jeopardy and then I put this movie on. So we watched it. Yeah, no, we love that. Uh, although <laughs> I love how your mom is like talking about people's bodies. I'm like, Miss Calhoun. <laughs> well, I think she just didn't like the animation. Okay, um, that's fair. She didn't. She didn't like the way that all the like, the people. Were, I, I think she just doesn't like that sort of you know the the funky style of animation. She yeah. probably likes the more Disney style, like realistic. Your mom was like not having it. She was like Naomi, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, did you pull up Roger Ebert's review? Um, no, let me do that right now while okay. uh, you guys rank this movie. Yeah, so let's start with uh, the Actually, score. Actually, I think Roger Ebert might have been dead by the time this movie came out. <laughs> let's find out. Yeah, okay. So uh, do we do MVPs or scores first? I don't remember. But um, here, let me put in Navi as the guest because she's queen. Uh, Navi, why don't you start us off? Give us your guest, who your MVP is. And you can give a bonus background character, but like, uh, who is your MVP for the movie? Uh, my MVP of the movie was Mr. T. So Earl? Yes. Yes. We love that. Any, do you want to elaborate more or just like, you know? No, I just think it was really funny. I liked the way his character would move 
it was he had some of the best lines imo i love that he loved his son so much it was very sweet so yeah mr t gets plus mr t had like a really good performance i will say like i did not expect mm -hmm. him to be that good in the role so uh yeah, yeah mr t aka earl gets my award we love that um and then naomi how about you who's your mvp well, I just wanted to point out, um, in case people didn't notice, that Earl's character, his haircut is the reverse Mr. T Mohawk. Right. Um, that that's um, I got that from the IMDb trivia because I was staring at it. I was like, why is his hair so weird? And then it all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, I like I like that. There's so many little jokes in here that like are so funny for this movie. I loved it. Um, my MVP is Steve. Steve really pulled it out at the end, destroyed those gummy bears, um, you know, throwing them left and right off the plane, really saved the day. Yeah, no, Steve was the other contender for me, but I got it. Sam was also a contender, but Manny was the real MVP. Naomi thought the kid was going to die, but because of Manny, he survived, and we got to stand our Latino Dr. King. So um, we stand. Uh, and also, like, I just love Manny. So uh, now it's time for the Dropkick Award, as Naomi loves to call it. So I, I can go first. We can go in reverse order so everyone can start thinking. Um, do you all have any guesses of who my Dropkick Award goes to? Hmm, I wonder who it could be. Could it be the guy that you've been shitting on for this <laughs> entire podcast? <laughs> you tell him, Navi. <laughs> like the mayor? No, I'm kidding. It is, it is Baby Brent because fuck his drag. Like, you dumbass like you were an obstacle like the mayor is nasty and evil but he's the villain we're supposed to hate him uh i don't understand why i gave the polar bear a dropkick award how could a polar bear do that in this instance sorry we're not there um and then uh yeah so baby brent gets my dropkick award and he might have been my least favorite now nah, Stuart little was up, up there but like my least favorite character in any of the movies we watched here now baby brent i think was worse than Stuart little because at least Stuart little had like something redeemable I, I think you need to have empathy for baby brent baby brent his whole life has been told that he's amazing and he's so cool for being the baby and then that gets stripped away from him and is what is he left with he doesn't know his own you're identity. telling me to have sympathy for this like narcissistic white man who's had life handed to him and like doesn't have he's, any he's delusional for anyone else? i'm with i'm with navi you know baby brent he really he he was a hero you know he volunteered and stepped up when nobody else this would. is like you trying to tell me to have empathy for frenchie no come on frenchie didn't do shit <laughs> naomi who are you drop kicking this this movie um i am gonna drop kick flint um Ooh. weirdo trying to kiss uh <laughs> sam sparks way too much uh stop being a creep flint is an incel is my hot take <laughs> Brent is himself. No, Wait. Brent clearly gets ass. Like he's the most popular guy in town. Oh, you yeah, know he that he's like groupies following him. You know he's trying to do like baby diaper play or whatever. That doesn't mean diaper. that he's an incel. No, that's so. Disgusting. I think he's getting Ew. ass. Like tweet at Felipe. Don't yuck you his yums, Felipe. Mike Bloom and I will judge him for like having baby kind of like baby baby fetishes. Don't bring Mike Bloom into this to make your point seem more valid. He. <laughs> this man is an adult baby. I will I will ask Mike Bloom in um uh, in the Pusher Recaps Discord or on Twitter what he thinks right, about baby right. Brent. Okay. Um Navi, our guest dropkick award this movie goes to who? 
All right, so I won't be giving it to Brent because A. Felipe already give gave it to. Brent. Oh, but you were considering it. No, because um, I think that like for his role in the story, it makes sense for him to be the way he is. He's supposed to be a foil for uh Flint. Um, I won't give it to the mayor either because he's obviously the main antagonist. Yeah, I, I try to avoid giving it to the antagonist. Yeah. yeah, he's like very effective in his role. If he wasn't like a good villain, then yeah, he would get the dropkick award. But okay, I think- no, but the the effective villains are the ones that get the MVP because Lindsay gave the villain for the Simpsons movie the the MVP because she loves <laughs> our girl Shadow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, honestly. I would have initially given it to Steve, if I'm being honest, just because, like, I don't like animal, like, sidekick characters in, like, animated movies. I think they're, like, overwrought and done, and, like, it's just a way for, like, the studio to sell merchandise. But he was, like, not annoying in the movie, so I'll give him a pass. I'll give it to uh, Sam Sparks' like, news director or, Mm. like, the... the Oh, Al Roker? Yeah, Al Roker. Just because of how mean he was. Let me look up the character name, because I am... Uh, I have OTD and I need to have the character name. <laughs> uh, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, a film. Is it like Pat something? It is Patrick Patrickson. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Hi, <laughs> uh, this is Patrick. Um, so yeah, uh, that does it for our MVPs. So just go through it. Our MVPs Mine was Manny, Naomi's was Steve the monkey, and Navi's was Earl. Um, and then the drop kicks for this movie were I gave Baby Brent the drop kick, uh, Naomi drop kicked Flint, and Navi drop kicked Patrick Patrickson, Al Roker's character. Um, next up, let's do scores. So again, we give every movie a one to five uh, stars, uh, just like Letterboxd, I believe, does it. So, and then we average the scores, which I still need to do at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, we are talking cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Uh, does anyone have their score ready? Um, so I reviewed this, uh, I, when, when I gave my letterbox review, I gave it three and a half stars. I think that it is one of the best written sort of kids movies I've seen in a long time. Roger Ebert gave it two and a half stars. Um, and he didn't actually, so he was not dead at this point. Apparently not. Um, he did not give it like a scathing review, but he didn't really like it. And, uh, but I think it's a three and a half star movie. I think it had a lot of, uh, a lot of benefits, a lot of exciting things. And the voice acting was really good. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, so Navi, what about you? What are you going to give this movie? All right. So I gave this movie on IMDb a rating of eight. So I guess that goes to four stars on Letterboxd. I really enjoy this movie. Uh, I think it's really well written. I think the fact that Lord and Miller worked on it, like it greatly benefited from their vision. Um, yeah. And then it's still like really well animated. Like I, I still can't get over, it. especially cause like there's some other movies from like 2009 that look like total ass. And like the fact that this one doesn't, uh, I think it just adds to the, to the quality of it. So yeah, it's a four out of five for me. We love that. I'm going to give this, like Naomi, a 3.5. I think this is probably the best written movie, and I really appreciate that. But I can't give it a perfect five because that goes to the Simpsons movie just because of nostalgia. And I completely own the fact that like my bias is there. I was going to say, you're, the Simpsons movie getting five stars is delusional but i that's why we're in the neo movies because you can just make whatever choice you want. 
Yeah, I, I I was like, I don't think it's fair for me to give this a three, but like, look at the other scores I've given. I've given Pink Panther a one. I gave Stuart Little a 0.5, and I gave James and the Giant Peach a 0.25. So this is miles above all that stuff. And thank you, Navi, for saving us from the slumps that we were in because I needed a good movie. Otherwise, this nail movies were going to make me cry all the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, I can do some quick math uh, to find out the average. Uh, sorry. And then, uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, Navi, uh, should we start winding this down or do you have any final thoughts on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Uh, no, just to reiterate that I just really enjoy and love this movie. And I'm glad that you both enjoyed it too. Yes, thank you for suggesting it. I'm very glad we got to cover it um, on the Naomi movies here. Uh, Naomi, any final thoughts on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs before we wind things down? Um, no, I, I would say that if you ever thought about watching this movie, go ahead and watch it. And then um, anybody who's listening, please chime in on uh, this interesting debate of whether or not you think that due to the way that this food is produced through water, um, all, are, all of these uh, products essentially animal cruelty free and therefore have we solved um, world hunger? Uh, just just let us know. Tweet at us uh, your simple, simple thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, is there a hashtag people should tweet? Like, uh, like... um, hashtag where was the leak in the boat? <laughs> hashtag that's, where that's was the leak, leak in the boat? Spelled like the onion, L E E K. And also, uh, tag all of us. And also, when you hashtag that, tell us what food you would want to fall out of the sky. Um, yes, yes. And uh, let's start winding things down. Navi, where can people keep up with you or not keep up with you on the social media? And give us a pop culture plug. All right. Uh, well, if uh, you're listening to this and my uh, main account is no longer suspended, you can follow me at Cause I'm Navi. If my main account is still suspended, you can follow me on my backup, which is at Navi K Ball. And as for a pop culture plug, I don't know. I've like gone insane and been watching all of Naruto because I hate myself, but I also like genuinely enjoy. It. I don't know. It's like. <laughs> I don't know, like, whatever, like, your equivalent is, like, whatever, it's, like, Glee or Dawson's Creek, like, something that you enjoyed, like, in your younger years, and you know that is a fall flawed product, but you still enjoy it regardless, like, that is what it is to me. It's a guilty pleasure, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. You dragged me with Glee, so, yes, I get it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Naomi, the titular Naomi movies. Uh, where can people keep up with you and what you have going on? Also, tell us about... Mike White was robbed and a pop culture yeah. plug. Um, well, uh, you can keep up with me at Twitter at Naomi Calhoun. Um, but most importantly, you can um, just favorite my tweets. That's all I really need right now in my day to day life. Um, Same. And uh, yeah, Mike White was robbed is my podcast. New episodes coming soon. But most importantly, I'm covering. Project Runway for Silent Podcast, which is so much fun. I have to finish editing our episode because there's no new episode of Project Runway this week. Um, but we, uh, myself, Gia Worthy, and Nicole Horn cover every episode of Project Runway this season's been a mess so far. So join us for the ride. And my pop culture plug this week is if you've been thinking to yourself, should I start watching The Sopranos? This is your moment mm-hmm. to start watching The Sopranos. I'm telling you right now. Now, it, it, it's got a lot going on in it um but when you see it as what it truly is which is uh 
the decline of America in the 2000s, you will have uh, a bummer slash great time. So this is me telling you to start watching The Sopranos. Yeah, but my why now specifically? The Sopranos. What'd you say, Navi? Oh yeah, my boss is watching The Sopranos right now. What, your boss has great taste. Why watch it now, Felipe? Great question. Like, uh, compared to other times. Well, I think that it's got this resurgence coming back. I think with the Many Saints of Newark, people were getting back into it. But I've been watching it nowadays. Um, and as somebody, I always love to read Emily Vanderwerf uh, reviewed it for the AV Club every episode. So I love to read her reviews alongside the episodes. Um, I think, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but like The Sopranos just has so much in it about like the way that greed and like capitalism destroy uh, people. And uh, I think it has a lot of uh, great sentiments buried within it. And I also think that we're kind of in like, I think the 20, I think the Trump presidency made us relive like post 9-11 America in a lot of ways. So that's my <laughs> yeah. theory. Um, yeah. And if you, if you want post 9-11 America, watch the Supreme. This is my favorite thing about Naomi is that like she can be like the most unhinged crackhead, uh, <laughs> but she also is like so <laughs> analytical and smart and like Deep that's what I, like, it's really, I paid so much money to like be able to spout bullshit like that you know yeah. like I, I went to film school and and all I got was this stupid ability to edit audio in Premiere Pro <laughs> it's audition I use Maybe. I just use I use Premiere Pro because shout out to my audition. friend Gabby who also does that I was like I just like audition better because I don't care about the the like extra steps um well it's not even it's funny because it's like there's no reason for me to be doing it in premiere pro other than i don't want to put audition on my computer <laughs> like i'm just being lazy yeah um anyways in terms of me you can follow me on all social media twitter tiktok at what the fleep you can follow the brazilian dragon podcast at brazil dragon pod this lovely li- navi you didn't even plug your own podcast like <laughs> oh this lovely lady Navi and I as well as the great Davis Kama Will are doing the Phineas and Ferb cinematic universe we are a little like 10 episodes deep into season 2 this other lovely woman on our shoulder Naomi recently joined us for the Meep episode um, mm. we're taking a week off because the holidays and then we're going to do at least one more episode maybe two um before a mini hiatus, sorry, Audrey Sizemore. I know you spiral for a hiatus on a podcast, but your boy is traveling as well as like holiday plans. Um, speaking of content, uh, the Brazilian Dragon. We're gonna do some holiday movies, including a uh, nail movies at some point in the near future as well. We'll do another one. Uh, but we have Full Court Miracle with Sarah Neor. Uh, we are gonna talk about Hanukkah decoms and time for the holidays, and then also the great. Marco Callahan is going to join me to talk about the ultimate Christmas present, one of Brenda Song's earliest movies. Um, great movie, great movie. Yes. Um, in terms of everything else, uh, I will also be on the Post Show Recaps watches uh, within the next few weeks talking about Disney's Encanto, which is going to be my pop culture plug, even though I haven't seen it yet. Go watch Encanto, representation matters. Um, lastly, uh, if you don't mind giving us five stars on both the brazilian dragon and what you're doing and leaving a review it helps people find the podcast it would be greatly 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 appreciated uh so that's my little holiday request for all of you out there and one last thing i want to give a special hug to all my fellow musical theater kids a virtual hug because this is a hard time right now um so yeah 
Any final thoughts, Fram? No, I just love Navi. I think Navi is one of the funniest people to exist. And I'm so glad that you could be here with us. I I, want to know, did y'all end up DMing about Survivor New York or no? No, I should DM you about it because I do have thoughts on it. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's listening to the podcast who hasn't listened to it. But especially for like the end game, I have thoughts on it. Also, yeah. If you're interested, I believe Big Brother New York is happening. So check out the Survivor New York Instagram page. A little plug for my friend Naomi. Yeah, Ooh. there you go. Can I can I announce your role on Big Brother? No, New York? you can't. That hasn't been announced yet. So okay, she is gonna be the first boot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, with all that said, uh, what's the hashtag again, Naomi? Um, hashtag where was the leak in the boat? Okay, perfect. Uh, with all that said. Have a great uh, roll credits and have a great day. And thank you for coming to the Nail Movies. Bye. Bye. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Mm-hmm.